Welcome back to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about all things reality, perception versus things that are concocted for a storyline. Today's guest is David Yontef from Behind the Velvet Rope, who was a reality star in 2011 on Millionaire Matchmaker, and then he famously came out and outed the show as being fake. So we are going to talk to him about his foray into um, reality television of his own, but how he then uh, went on to produce his own very famous podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope, um, which uh, is literally like one of the best podcasts out there for reality TV. So thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. I mean, what an introduction. Misunderstood. <laughs> I'm misunderstood. You're misunderstood. We're all misunderstood, girl. Yeah. So I want to talk to you from the very beginning. T start with where are you from and how you got into this in general. I mean, look, I've had such a varied, like I tell people, I have truly reinvented myself professionally, like I think three or four times. Like I went to law school after college i practiced corporate law i mean mm -hmm. do i look like a corporate lawyer to you no well it was <laughs> not the most interesting profession you know it's like i tell people when you go to grad school most people that spend money on grad school like they love it they're studying neuroscience or psychology getting a phd like i don't love law school so right then i should have been like i don't know if this is like the right profession for me I have to say, I use law in my current job as the mm -hmm. host of Behind the Velvet Rope when I interview people. But so I did that. Then I fell into HR and recruiting. Then I had my own staffing agency. So I've really like reinvented myself many times. I This is said with no ego. I'm kind of like a Bethany Frankel when it comes to business. Right. Now, I don't have the uh, rumored $120 million that she sold her company for. But, you know, like, I'm really like, when I go into a profession, I figure it out. And I'm just like, how do you do this? Like, clear out of my way. Let me right. figure this out. And then I figure it out. Now, I can't do that with like operating on someone's brain. Like, I'm not. But with most professions, I think if you go into it, and you're like, how do you do this? I'll figure it out. So, after I sold my company, which was a staffing agency, I was kind of like in between gigs. I wasn't really doing anything. Listen, I grew up loving pop culture, really, mm -hmm. like 90210, Melrose Place. Like I've always been into pop culture and I've always been into reality TV from the beginning. The Simple Life, Laguna Beach, The Hills, the classics, Rachel, come on. <laughs> so I was in between gigs and I was friendly with a lot of these real housewives. Mm -hmm. And they would always say to me, like, you should do something with this. Like, you're not doing anything with your life. Like, this is a business. And when I started my podcast, it really was like Wendy Williams style. That was my vision. I started one day a week. Now we're seven days a week. Mm -hmm. But it really was Wendy Williams style of like, you and I, Rachel, you could tell could have a drink at night, but I'm going to talk about it the next morning. Right. And say, you know, Rachel, you could tell, you know all about her. Well, this is what happened last night. She showed up. She was five minutes late. She had three drinks. She fell off the bar stool. None of that happened the other night when you and I went out. Right. But let's be did, clear that did not happen. Let's be clear that did not happen. But if it did, I might talk about it. Right. So it really was like, oh, and I really, this is how I refer to it. It's kind of like a child of a celebrity. Like your life is different. Like I've had people from Mob Wives on my show. I love talking to them about like when you grew up, like did you, were you aware that what your father was doing was probably not everyone's father's profession it's the same thing so it, it was more like i had access to all these like reality tv people and i was out with them and I, it wasn't so interesting to me it was just my life mm -hmm. but i'm like i bet you these stories of who's leaving with someone who went home with this guy and that i'm like this might be interesting to the public because these are stories like behind the velvet rope. Like, let me tell you what actually. So that's like Wendy Williams. She would go out with a celebrity and be like, let me tell you what happened last night when I was out with Black China. Right? So right. that's kind of how my podcast started. It morphed into something totally different. It morphed into these interviews that because I was like, no one really cares about me. They want me to interview all these famous people. And now it's kind of come back to like five days a week. There's some interviews. And now the stories have kind of seeped back in because actually that's what people do want to hear. How did you come up with the name? It's such a good name. Is it? Because I? it's funny. There were two names. There was between Behind the Velvet Rope and Name Dropping. Oh. It's another good one, that right? That is a good one. So... 
it really was like, you know, behind the velvet rope. Like, let me take you behind the velvet rope. Like, this is what happened last night. I was at the bar with, you know, Ramona Singer. Uh And this is, so it's more like, let me peel back the curtain and tell you what actually is happening with these people when they're not on TV. Right. So that's kind of where the name came from. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it kind of works that it's all these different celebrity and reality TV interviews. Like, let me – I really like to get into, like – it's kind of like what we were talking about before off air. Like, I don't judge anyone based on anything you see on TV. It's more like I want one-on-one. I want to know who you are. Right. You know, and of course you – cover the highlights of someone's career but I really want to know what makes you tick well you know that behind the velvet rope there's so many different things that go into reality versus what's really you know perception and reality there's two totally different things so um, it's so great to have your podcast where you get to know the people that people think that they know because they don't so you get to hear from those stars and hear about their lives or hear about who they really are because your podcast is specifically talking to reality stars and what people don't know is that these reality stars sometimes their storylines are completely concocted and they're not even true but you got a firsthand knowledge of that by being on Millionaire Matchmaker. Talk about that. First of all, how did you get um, picked for that? Were you just plucked from obscurity and put into that? I mean, it's totally, listen, I knew, I kind of knew someone who knew someone who was doing the casting. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't want to do it. Like, I wasn't looking to actually date someone at that point in my life. Like, dating was just not, so I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, they're like, we're going to put you on video to submit you. I'm mm-hmm. like, great, come to my house. And they did all that. It was literally like nine months later. So I literally did that, completely forgot about it, was like, it wasn't even on my, I didn't even want to do the casting tape. Like I was like, okay, and this and that, and what type of lifestyle do you lead? And, you know, and then a months go by and I get this call. I'm literally leaving the country to go to Africa because I was a traveler before COVID. I got to get my travel bug back on. And they were like, you know, hey, and this and that. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to get this. And they're like, oh no, like we've loved you since the first, you know, TV, hurry up and wait. And I was like, well, okay, I can't film anything next week. I'm literally not canceling a trip to Africa mm-hmm. unless you want to cover all these expenses. And, you know, they were like, no, thank you. I'm like, so thank you for calling me nine months later. Like, we'll do this like in two weeks when I get back. And then like when I got back, I was like, oh, God. Like, you know, the thought process of being on the show was kind of fun. But I was like, oh, fuck. I actually have it's like a dating show. Like I actually have to like meet people and go on a date. I was like, that's what I didn't want to do. I'm like, right. I'm, I'll hang out with Patty Stanger. Sure. I'll have a drink on TV. But like, oh, shit, this is like a real dating show. I don't want to go on a date. But you had seen the show. Oh, yeah. Like you I knew what the show it. was. Mm-hmm. So I understood. And they're like, well, you're getting chosen. And listen, I am really one who doesn't say no to things like in life. Right. Like it's like a It's an experience. Let's Mm -hmm. go on it. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. So like, I was excited to do it, but I wasn't excited to actually like all of it was fun until you're like, oh, I actually need like the mixer was fun. You met like there was like 25 cute guys there. And I mean, well, they weren't all cute. (laughs) But, you know, then it was like when you actually had to pick someone and go on a date, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And did you find anyone you had chemistry with? No. So how did you pick? I mean, listen, it's like, well, you were on the show too. I know. Well, did, I, you ha- did you have a mixer? Yeah, no. So I was, Patty and I knew each other from the past. So I was on the celebrity version. Right. I'm saying that with air quotes no, for people that are listening. Are. So I was on the celebrity version and Steve LaBelle was the other person on the show, the other um, celebrity and he owns WeWork. So, um, and we were the two, you know, millionaires or whatever being, um, matched up with partners. So because we were uh, quote unquote celebrities, um, Patty was picking for us. And it was a really fun episode because we were behind a two-way mirror and we got to see the men or I got to see the men coming through. And then Patty would interview them in uh, with her, you know, uh, assistants or whatever in groups of four. And the guys would come through. She would ask them a bunch of questions. I would be listening in an earpiece and watching on the screen. And they would film my reaction, her reaction, all the stuff that was going on. And then they would move them through groups. And it was 25 guys. Did you get to say, Patty, 
Yeah, <laughs> and I would be like, Patty, like move on, it. move on. This Don't even ask this guy's name. This is ridiculous. I mean, what I found from the show, I mean, I agree with you, just to, like, let's start there. It was uh, fake. It was fully, um, it was casted by a bunch of actors, I think. And what was upsetting really? to me, though. I mean, mine were real people. Uh, well, mine were the real daters. people, but they were there to get famous or to be on the show. I mean, I went on the show, though, to find love. You I really did. did. I was I was a real loser about it. I was like, oh, good. I'm going to find a husband. I'm going to find a boyfriend. But when I went there, I was like, wait a minute. I spent two hours on the phone with the casting guy talking to him about what I wanted in a guy, what I was attracted to. And they took none of my notes because these guys were all people I was not attracted to, would never date. And it was a bunch of bozos. You know what I mean? So one of the guys was this huge bodybuilder and he took one of patty's assistants and started bench pressing or whatever over his head and that wasn't I mean, for you it was not for me and this other poor soul you know was like talking about how he had overcome cancer a plane crash had a leg amputated and now he made socks for a living and it cuts to me and i'm like patty move on like i i feel bad for this guy but i cannot date him like what are we talking about you here you can't like, have a sob story on the yeah, first date yeah i can't this much. is That's too like much date type of and yeah story. so anyways it got to the point where i had to pick a guy and i'm like i'm not picking any of these guys and so my name she you know how she names everybody did, yeah. you, did you get a name yeah mine was i was a shredder because i shredded I everybody that i was trying to be set up with by the way, that's accurate. I am a shredder. So she did get that right. But this wasn't fair because... <laughs> she got mine right, too. I, I was judgy. I was, like, <laughs> judgy, and she I was she put me in a fat suit. What? She wanted to teach me a lesson that I shouldn't judge people based on their looks. So she put me in, like, a fat suit. Like, they literally, an SNL makeup person was hired to come in and make my face under like pop sounds marks. like a fun episode it, it sounds fun but like Wait, was you're... this for the for the um and it cocktails was, it, it was no this oh. was just like we're going to teach you a lesson so they made my face like pock marks and like just you know like put like scabs on my face and put me in a fat suit and then patty said we're gonna go walk outside now this was the new york season season four <laughs> and she walked me down she's like we're gonna go walk down the street right now and everybody was looking at me and she's like all these people are staring at you i'm like they're staring at me because i'm with patty stanger from the millionaire matchmaker this <laughs> was actually a popular show at the time this is like in the middle of times square they recognize you because you're famous and because there's cameramen filming right, you <laughs> right so then she was like they were staring at you and like one guy now mind you i also think this part was probably staged people were like shaking their heads and looking at me where they found these people i don't know but well probably because they thought you were trying to find a date uh, well all i know is then it was supposed to teach me a lesson of like don't judge people based on their looks which i understand that as an adult that there's more to someone than their looks but apparently i was judgy that so you were the shredder and i was the judgy judgy person that oh was my, my gosh name. but she no and so i mean how i pick the person to go on a date with is like you know you're at this mixer you're meeting like 25 people in a matter of three minutes mm. you're obviously just going to choose two people that you're somewhat attracted to as opposed to the ones you're not attracted yeah to. so i chose two people for the mini date that i was more attracted to than not and then one when i went on those i was like one person was an actor and i was like this guy wants his fucking camera time so mm. i mean i'm not choosing him and the one i chose to actually go on the date with wasn't he really was an innocent person mm. i actually called him like two years ago to say to you ask should him come out on, on a date no to say you should come on my podcast like oh. i've had patty on a million times this would be interesting to say, like, as a dater. I mean, he also hated me because oh. he thought I was obnoxious. And, and so, judgy. And judgy. But, like, <laughs> we – I mean, we've all grown. He has a child now. He's a single oh. father. He wanted a kid. even, You know, so, like, I thought maybe – and he was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I was like, okay, well, I mean – we're not begging you to come on behind the velvet <laughs> rope. We have like a lot of celebrities here, and I just thought it would be a great show. And if you really are that torn apart about this, you don't have to come on the podcast, right? So, he so didn't. here we are having another falling out ten years later. But oh, I wish no. you the best of luck, Christos. Yeah. Okay. Well, my guy, I think his name was Brandon. Brandon was so sweet. His issue, he was a 
trainer or something. And, you know, I, I'm, I have us telling this story because I want people to understand about reality TV. Um, you know, I was working on my reputation at the time because so many people hated me, I guess. And it was a dating show. So they really edited me to be nice. Patty was very nice to me. And I really did not like this guy. I mean, I was like, I'm not going to date this guy. And they were like, listen, we're trying to edit you in a nice way. Just date him and be nice. Give him a chance. So I was like, fine, I'll give him a chance. He was so nice. But you didn't even want to date him on the show. I didn't even want to date like, him on the show. I'm now. like, this is not my type. And they were like, stop being a shredder. Just give him a chance. So they sent us to a, a baseball place where you like hit balls. I can talk to a frog. I could not find anything to talk to this guy about. I mean, really. So they kept saying, cut. And they would take me to the side to do like those one-on-one -on -one things. And I would get so frustrated because I'd be like, you guys, I can't. I cannot say anything. I can't find anything to talk to this guy about. And they would be like, just lie. Just act. Be an actress. I'm like, but I'm not an actress. I'm here to find love, and I can't even find anything to say about him. So then fast forward to our dinner. We're at some fancy restaurant, and they have us eating, and we literally have nothing to talk about. And the producers call me over, and they're like, we need a kiss. I said, you want me to kiss this guy? I can't even get anything out of my mouth just to even converse with him about and they're like, okay, you're going to walk out of the restaurant where we have a bunch of cameras set up and you're going to kiss. It's sunset and you're going to kiss right at the front of the door. I'm like, in front of all these people? I mean, it was a, a working restaurant, a huge restaurant with a lot of people in it. And they're like, just do it. And they're like, just do it. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this once. Was he cute? He was very cute. I'm like, oh. I'm going to give you one take, but if you don't get it, I'm not doing this again. So the guy who was... He's very sweet. I feel bad because maybe I am a shredder. He's cute. Though? Yeah, he's he's very well, handsome. I mean, so listen to this story. Like it's kind of great. So we're walking out, and he's trying to talk to me about God knows what because of course I'm not listening. And we get out to the front, and there's all these people there, and there's all these cameramen, right? And he's talking to me, and I just grab him and I start to kiss him. And the sunset is there, and the people are there, and everybody's like watching. And he's in the middle of a sentence, and I grab him, and we just start kissing. And he's just like, wow, because he didn't know I was going to kiss him. And he was really into me. Ugh. And you feel it, like the music swells. And by the way, when they edited this, the music was swelling and, you know, you could see it happening. Anyways, the way they edited this was that it was like so emotional and we were so into each other. And they make it look like we're so having the best time ever. Meanwhile, I got right into a car and I went straight to the airport. <laughs> and did he ever follow up? Yes. He, to this day, he still Facebook messages me. He's does just he, the nicest does guy. Does he live in L.A.? Yes. Is he still cute? Yes. Single? He's still a trainer. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't ever look him up or anything. But every once in a while, I'll get a little WhatsApp or message being like, hey, Rachel, he's still this smiley, upbeat guy, you know? Mine was but not But by the way, that. I wasn't even single by the time they were shooting it. I went there looking for love, but I had just started dating Brett Boone, you know, the major league baseball player who no. was retired at the time. I'm a gay man. I don't oh, know yeah. anything of this sort. Okay. So, and he was not happy that I was going on the show. So I was fine that I had no connection with anybody, but from the moment that they say they're going, you're going to be on the show to when they film it, it's like eight months or something. Exactly. So I was single when I wanted to be on the show, but then when they yeah. actually book you, or when they have you go on the show, it's like forever. So, you know, I didn't really want to find love but I did. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, I so those things are staged, I will it say. It was – yeah. No, I mean like the mixer is like – they make it seem – you're like I'm choosing two people that I'm remotely attracted to because I talk to these people for literally the whole mixer where you're like supposed to mingle and meet – everyone's there for me. You hi, hi. It's like a minute and a half. Yeah. So you're like – yes. I mean my thing was the opposite of yours when I went on my date – they played like birds chirping because it was so boring. To to your point, my date was very boring too. Yeah. And so after dinner, I think we went to the plaza for dinner. Oh. And then we went out. Bravo afterwards. played paid uh, for honey. No. For the plaza they paid for nothing. Oh. They say you have to pay for the date. So, you know, millionaire matchmaker. I'm like, listen, it's not like I'm cheap, but I'm not taking this person that I don't even want to go out with like flying a helicopter to the Hamptons for like $2,000 or whatever it was, mm. right? I'm like, my date's going to be, we went furniture shopping because I was looking for furniture, which that's a whole thing. That's so dumb. But it was like a nice furniture. They thought, they're like, oh, that's good. 
And then, yeah, he the date said, well, I, I wonder think it's, it was boring. He said, David. I think that's a horrible well, he said, idea. I think it's very date. obnoxious that he's taking me furniture shopping. Like the chandelier was like $10,000. Like I can't afford that. Anyway, then why we, you wanted him to pay for it? No, oh. <laughs> I was the one who was the millionaire. But I thought furniture shopping and then at dinner afterwards, which we did. And then we had dessert in Central Park. And that was when. The birds were chirping because it was so like at this point I'm like this is the last scene I have to film like I don't even want to try I'm so fucking bored so that's what, literally you know like on like Snow White where they have like little birds they had like birds chirping of like hmm yeah th- this cookie is good yeah mm-hmm Ugh. yeah no it was bad it's the worst at the dinner they also staged a like because I'm so picky remember mm-hmm. I ordered a gray goose this became my thing like that around the world when episode I ordered a gray goose. I'm like, Grey Goose Pear in a martini glass, chilled with a lime twist. That means Grey Goose Pear, the actual vodka, in a martini glass, nothing else. Mm. It's a very simple drink. They purposely brought me Grey Goose Pear with, like, muddled pear or, like, a grapefruit juice. So I, like, sipped it, and I'm like, this isn't just vodka. There's something else in it. So I'm like... I don't care if the steak is supposed to be rare and it's not rare. This don't fuck with my martini, girl. This drink was not the actual drink. It wasn't just vodka. So I sent it back. And of course, that was staged. And then the date was like, he sent the date, the drink back. And it's the wrong fucking drink. It's an all that was my thing about how picky I was that I sent a drink back. Well, give me the right drink, Carl, (laughs) and I won't send it back. When I want just vodka, I don't want grape juice in my vodka. Okay, you sound obnoxious. Okay, so how did they edit it? Did you did it all did it all seem good at the end when they edited it and you watch it on TV? Shockingly, Patty didn't tell me off. I got an okay edit, but I got a picky edit. But at the end, she was like, "You just need to learn to be less picky." I mean, here I am. What is it? Fourteen years later, and I'm still single. So something must be wrong. Right. So they got that right. But in general, when you're talking about reality TV and how it's filmed and then the end yeah. result don't you agree that there's a lot of staged things and then how the outcome is is not necessarily what reality is totally yeah and that's totally, what you cover on your show because this drink i really this is how it works like i literally it didn't cross my mind it didn't think about it i just sent the drink back because it was wrong it was like not even on my radar mm-hmm. and then when the show came out this drink being sent back was a whole thing. Mm. So, yeah. Like, you don't even real. These producers of reality TV are so good at what they do, you don't even realize it. I mean, now, because I host this podcast and I'm in, I can watch reality TV and say, oh, God, that's so fake. And so now if, like, this drink was being sent back, but at that time I was innocent, I didn't realize. But, yes, it's totally – look, it's like I think your reaction to things are real – Mm-hmm. But it's they they set up scenarios, right? right? Right. And especially if you look at like housewives, like when you you're doing your confessionals, I mean, you do those after the fact. So you're now asked to talk about something like eight months later after it was filmed or four months. So like your emotions aren't there, but the producers will bring out your emotions. Mm-hmm. The, or you know they'll even say like, well aren't you mad at her for doing that? And you'll sit there as a housewife, not that I am a housewife, but this is how it works. And you'll be like, I mean, you have to be an idiot to not realize like, well, I'm not mad, but I should be mad because you're asking this question. I want to keep my job. Right. So that's the stuff that's not real. Right. But I think that's a good point that the reactions tend to be true or, you know, you can't ever represent yourself as fake because that's who you are. Right. But, um, but the way they edit things can make you look different. Yes. Yeah. And the storylines, though, cannot be real. So Those sometimes your storyline or you as a person come on and you've got nothing to offer. And so you need to come up with something to offer to either keep your job or to seem more interesting. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, look, the, I, the, I've i never – like, I don't really edit my podcast. But they'll even take something where you say, like, I'm really mad about this or whatever your sentence is. And they will put it in – not to me, but they do this to Housewives and Bravo. They'll – all reality they'll put it in a different – sentence they'll put it in a like like i'm mad at you and i'm having an issue with you but that's not the storyline because you and i are friends they'll put it towards something else like it's i've no situations that have happened to people like that to start a fight you mean yeah so that's where it's like is it really real 
Right, right, right. You know? Like, I think if I ever got on a reality show now and I was a cast member, I just know how it's made. Like, mm. I would be able to tell. And I would sign off. I would be game for it because it could lead to a lot of money. But I So you would how... go on a reality show? Yes, because I – yeah. Which, you? which one? Yeah, of course. Because um, people that say that they wouldn't, I think they're – not telling the truth. I mean, the opportunities that come with it are so much. I mean, you get so much out of it. You get so much out of it. I just, I said this in my next life. Now, I'm not stopping the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, which is seven days a week, which is a celebrity interview podcast. And it's very successful, as you said. <laughs> but if I were to like go away and come back in another life, I truly would start a reality TV business and mm. say, this is how you get, let's talk about how you get onto the show. Then when you got there, I would give you guidance for your first year, your fifth year, and your 10th year because mm. people do so many things wrong. If I got on a show, I would definitely do it. I agree with you. There are opportunities, but I would never do it the wrong. Like these, some of these housewives, and I know this for a fact, they have Finsta accounts. They spend all day targeting each other. Like, you don't, that's not, that's not in your contract. You don't get more money for, they really take it to bed. So if I was on a show and you were my enemy on the show and you said awful things about me, I wouldn't care at all. Mm -hmm. I would be like, say, girl, have your day. Because right. my job is to like, Bravo pays you or whatever network to be on the show. So all this social media slant, you could say anything you want. So I would do it because I think I know how to do it. Right. And so anything you want to say about me, all this stuff off, I it's wouldn't It's part care. of the show, right. You, you, you think it's part of the circus. It's part of the circus. And I would be like, from day one, I'd be like, Girl, what is your side hustle? Figure it out. Are you going to write a book? And most of this stuff doesn't even pay you money. Right. Are you going to have a Pinot Grigio? Like, what is it? I mean, look, we have Bethany Frankel's the most successful of mm -hmm. anyone. But like Countess Luann, her pod, like her, her cabaret tour, that's a real, it makes a lot of money. She sells out. So it's like. But you, they should come up with a side hustle because the show isn't going to last forever. And when it does end, like the Housewives of New York, you have to have established a side hustle already to continue that income. Because if yeah. you don't have that income, what are you going to do? Because those shows eventually will end. They eventually will end. It, that's the thing. Like I would tell you from the first, it's always shocking to me. Like when it's your turn to get fired, mm. not even New York because the whole thing went away. But like each housewife is so shocked when they're fired. Right. It's like, but everyone's fired. Like right. everyone. Well, because so, they think they're just not replaceable. Right. Well, they all think that they're so special. In the first episode mm -hmm. of our course that you're going to sign up for, it's like going to be $2,500 to join my course, but this is a course <laughs> that will change your life. I would say my advice to you if you get on Reality TV is every day, I would do it every day, you need to go and take your shower and get ready and you need to look in the mirror before you go out and say, I'm nothing special. Mm. I would say that to yourself. Sorry. Right. That's my advice. Like, you're so replaceable. Right. And if you don't want to feed into all the hate that you get on social media, you can't feed into all – everyone that wants a picture with you, stop. Take the picture. Mm -hmm. But that can't feed your soul. And I really – I don't I, – I interview people in their first year on the show, and then it's not even years. They come back their second season. It's like a different person. I swear to you. I'm like, don't change, girl. Oh, I'm not going to change. The second season they come back on my podcast, it's like the person – it's like a whole different person. Change in what way? That they think their shit don't stink. Mm. So oh, it's really. affected them. And not They're no longer taking pictures with people. They're no longer humble. They've really become someone different. Yeah. Yeah. All because, I mean, I get it. I love you. 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 I mean, they don't love you. They love you on the show. Mm -hmm. And it is you. It's You're not an actress, but it's a produced version of yourself. And they don't know you. And let me tell you, when, when the producers do you dirty, they're they're eventually going to do you dirty. Right. Like, look, do I think Lisa Rinna was the – she caused her own demise, but not really. I think producers pat you on the back and they're like, you're having a great season. Like, they give you the rope to hang. When, when it's your time, Dorinda in New York City for Housewives, when it's your time to go – I feel like they know it. Mm. Like it's what's happening with Melissa Gorga now in New Jersey. Like they know it, but I think they encourage you to go to the end of that cliff and dive off. Oh, why? Wow. You think it's her the end for her? Yeah. 
Why do you say that? I mean, 100%. Well, I mean, I think as an audience... You think she's committing suicide right now? Well, I think, and I think, I think she knows it. I think, like... It's like people are over Teresa versus Melissa now, for real. And they're picking Teresa? I mean, Teresa is the number one most protected housewife out of any franchise. Is that because she just got remarried, you think? And she has a new storyline? No, it's just... I mean, this show, let's not forget, stopped when this woman went to jail. I mean, Mm. she's just... She is the New Jersey show. It's like... The most power any housewife has. Kyle Richards from Beverly Hills is a very close second. She'll never get fired. Okay. And she shouldn't. Like, she doesn't do anything so egregious or she's doing the job. But Kyle will never be fired. So with people who hate Teresa, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm such a Teresa fan. It's just a fact. She's never going to be fired. So just, yeah, Melissa's going. Really. Interesting. Okay. Mark we, my words. We heard it here you first. You heard it here first. Um, and do you believe the gossip that Kyle and Mauricio are separating or divorcing? I mean, this thing about Mauricio has been around forever. Oh, apparently, it? he plays around. That's what's out there. Mm. I don't really feel that. Mm. I mean, I don't know Mauricio. My friend was just in Aspen this weekend and said that. PK and Mauricio were there skiing together, no wives. Boys trip. And Interesting. did he see Mauricio walking out of the bar with anyone at night? Or? I, that I can't say, but um, she just thought it was interesting that no women were there. I mean, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't put anything past anyone. Of course. Yeah, well, why? But I don't see it. Like, I don't see that as much as people say it. But that's the thing that that people say all the time, that Mauricio plays around. I don't don't, don't see it. Well, and let's talk about Scandaval for a second, you know, as we have to for for two seconds here. But, you know, um, why would we put anything past anyone when on a show like this, um, you know, people are cheating. But everyone is getting so up in arms um, about such a cheating scandal that it's on the cover of the New York Times. It's become mainstream fodder, not just entertainment um, conversation pieces. Why do you think that is? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's like this show was so good for mm-hmm. like seven seasons, and then seasons eight and nine were horrible. Okay. So what season are we on now? Ten. Okay, ten. So I don't know. Like, is it that like you all counted out Vanderpump Rules, and at the end of the day, this is the most explosive show because I mean we've had so many cheating situations in this show, right? You know, I don't understand why it was a girl and she cheated on. You know, she's really good friends. I guess she hasn't been on the show for that long, but she was friends with Ariana. So it's kind of maniacal that, like, you're saying, like, you're my best friend. Let's have a pajama party. And then you're going and sleeping with her boyfriend. I guess that. But I don't know why it's so shocking to But me. hasn't this show been riddled with people cheating on each other? Yeah. And everyone that's so up in arms on this show has been a cheater at some point or a mistress at some point, More correct? Or less, yeah. I mean, I'm, and again, I definitely am not someone who can throw shade at anyone about this. I'm just asking because I'm not really understand all the hatred that like Raquel is getting versus Tom. I mean, I, I don't hear all that hatred towards Tom as much as I'm hearing it towards Raquel. And quite frankly, I see that they're all in a much better position now than they were before. Their show is doing much better. It's probably the number one rated show on Bravo, I would think. And um, Ar- Ariana, what's her yeah, name? Ari- Ariana. Ariana is now uh, and going to be an actress on Lifetime TV in a movie. And um, yeah, and what's your prediction for her? going forward my prediction i told you this my prediction we just said this when you were on my podcast i look it wouldn't shock me if she was given an offer to be the bachelorette yeah it's so amazing like think about it and at least dancing with the stars now that's not like celebrity big brother that's not the hardest gig to get like the mass singer like there are there's some b-list type but dancing with the stars is a really hard gig to get 
We've had housewives that are major housewives, mm. like Teresa, Kenya Moore, Erica Jane. But no like, one from Vanderpump no. Rules. And, no. and Lisa Vanderpump. But there's no one else from Vanderpump Rules that would ever be able to get that Dancing with the Stars contract. Never. I'm going to say that. Right. It wouldn't shock me if Ariana got that now. Right. Honestly. Or The but Bachelorette the makes Bachelorette so is, much sense. Right? Yes. This damsel in distress who needs a knight in shining armor to fawn after her. I mean, it totally makes sense. And they talk to you before you go on. You say, Patty, you know, this and that. The producers, they know. No, The Bachelorette, like, they start with, like, you know, you don't see the people, but they start with, like, to tell us what you are looking for. Right. I'm sure she's going to say, I mean, for me, it's like, you should want, like, a school teacher that teaches, like, special ed kids like special needs kids like you should want like a nice humble person that's my advice for ariana mm. like forget this hollywood bullshit of someone with like a, a porn stash that like plays in what the is band. that by the way i have no idea he didn't look like he had that 10 years ago or nine years uh, ago. i have no idea why did he turn out like that I, I don't watch the show but i did see some clips from before when they met originally and they started dating he looked like a nice looking guy and now he turned into somewhat of a I mean I thought he was almost bisexual or something he looks like a different type of like LA vibe that's guy the last thing. I mean she and lives in not LA. that there's anything wrong with that but he just you know he looks very artsy or a musician or I don't know just totally different I, I that want her. mustache has to go it has to go. <laughs> she I'm telling you she, I think she should date like a school teacher an accountant mm. like a nice humble profession of someone that's yes. like you know an account that goes to the office and has that is my someone reliable for. right but so like they'll they'll ask her on the bachelorette <laughs> they'll say what's your type and what are you looking for and they get cute guys so they'll get 25 cute guys and america this is your this is your victim and you know this i think it would be really a good thing it would rate really well and yeah. she looks the part and she's the right age I'm predicting she well, becomes the best. Not only would it be great ratings for Bravo in general, uh, but because it would pull them over, you know, the ratings from the, bachelor, the Bachelorette. Yeah, it would just be so huge. Everybody would continue that conversation for ages. So I think it would right. be a great idea. And I think she could carry the show. Like she'll, she's, if she didn't look the part or it's perfect for ABC. Yeah. It's yeah. A it's huge true. platform. True. Um, so what do you think? Are the other scandals going on right now that we may not have seen in reality TV because we've been so shocked Focused and in that. yeah in shock and awe about Scandal? Is there anything else going on in reality TV right now? I mean, look, the Chrisleys are in jail. Jen Shaw's in jail. Mm -hmm. We just had a, a round of scandals. <laughs> um, what else is there? You know, Kim Zolciak and her ever-ending. She can't pay her mortgage. She's going to lose the house. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of over. Look, I mean, a lot of people say things about Louis, Teresa's guy, that he's, you know, strange and has <laughs> bad business dealings going on. The Gorgas are being convinced of bad business dealings. I say all the time about Dorit and PK, I don't understand their finances. Mm. I just don't understand where the money comes from. I know that he manages Boy George and Culture Club. And okay. Have I seen how Culture much, Club? Yeah, how times? much work could... Boy George have. Do you see him in concert a lot? I've seen them in concert. And guess what? what? PK is there. PK is, he's on. He's, so he really does manage Boy George. But yeah. Are I mean, they doing a tour across country? They're, they're always doing like a little something. But I mean, it's not, I mean. Are I they playing in Madison Square Garden or are they no, like the Beacon? The Beacon. Okay. And I mean, that's the thing. If you manage Beyonce, Taylor Swift, if you're like in the camp with Lady Gaga, I understand where maybe your money comes from. I mean, still, the star is getting all the money, but I don't understand from Culture Club. I mean, no, no offense. But How much are those tickets, do you think? I mean, I've gone probably like, if you want like a right, yeah, not more than like 100 Right. You know, $75. I don't, I just, I don't understand. Dorit comes down to breakfast in Beaumont and then has lunch and like head to Toguchi and then is like in Dior for dinner. And then the next morning is in, I mean, these outfits alone, do I don't understand it. And that's not who she was when he married her, by the way. I mean, you, you've seen the pictures, you know who she was yeah. when they got married, right? I, I went mean, to she, high school with Dorit. 
Oh, well, tell us. <laughs> Rachel's like, well, where's that one? To Yeah, I mean. Well, fill us in. Did she have an accent? We were different years. She did not have an accent. Is that her real name? Is it Dorit? Yeah. Her parents okay. are, I, they're from Israel. I think they were, okay. I mean, they were either like first generation here, but they're Israeli. So it's really Dorit. There was no accent. Different hair, different nose. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're like, oh my. Was she a blonde? No. Wow. Dark, curly hair. And what was the accent? Like, uh, this was high school in Connecticut. I mean. Wow. Right. So, like, we're not, you know, New York has an accent. Even L.A. sometimes you could have that valley accent. I mean, I don't know. There's no accent in Connecticut the last time I checked. Oh I mean, goodness. maybe I have a Connecticut accent. I don't. People tell me I have a New York or LA accent, but like I haven't been in Connecticut in forever. But there was no accent in Connecticut. It's like one of the accentless states. There was no accent. So, and was she nice? We were different years. We shared sisters. Like my really good friend and her, like my best friend and her best friend were sisters. So we are, there was like, we are, we have that connection. There was like a boat trip. All I remember is there was like my friend's 30th birthday, I think. It was one of those birthdays. And she, we went out on her father's boat and then the sister brought her best friend who was Doree. And I just remember she was like Titanic at the, the helm being like, I'm going to be famous one day. Oh, boy. And all the parents were like, get, you know, you're going to fall in the water. like." And she was like, I'm going to be famous. And she was at the helm of the boat like that. On oh, the, wow. Yeah. So hmm. girl, girlfriend had a plan. And I think, you know, to marry someone with lots of money or... But so mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't understand Dory and PK. Like I went on a, PK blocked me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm blocked by a lot of people. I'm sure you are. Well, I, I can stick up for her in the way that I used to date PK, as you know. And um, you did. He, I did. And um, he is very charming. But I do know that when he starts to date you, that he, he didn't really try to change me at all, but I do know that he has the capability to be somebody who can. He can spend a lot of money on your appearance, on your clothes, and really change you. And I know that he, you know, at some point wanted to change his life when he moved to America and be something different and get into the spotlight more. So he picked someone who he could obviously change and mold and someone who's going to go on along on that ride with him. So... She was, you know, good enough to do that with. In other words, these two little fame whores found each other. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You said it, not me. I mean, um, you know, so it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, if I was married to someone and you were spending like all this on clothes, I mean, I guess he must like it if it's all about the image. But I just don't get it. I mean, Louis Vuitton doesn't give, you know, maybe they give stuff to their spokesperson. You know, Jaden Smith is now represented by Louis Vuitton. He's like the one of the faces of the brand. I think Jaden Smith might get some stuff for free. I mean, yeah. Jaden Smith is major. Louis Vuitton, Balenciaga, they're not giving free stuff to Doreen. No, and Kemsley I think from, she's even said she pays for all of it. She does. Yeah. So I just don't understand it. I literally don't. Like, okay, so sweetheart, that outfit is like 30000 I just added it up. Now, t- for lunch, you have another outfit for 50000 Like, this yeah. is real. So it adds up. I don't get it. What do you think about the break-in she had? They never found the people that stole all that stuff. Don't you think that's incredibly shady that they didn't find the people that stole the all the items? It was all her clothes, right? And it was bags? the clothes. And, you know, like, look, I mean, I think – it's probably real, but I understand why, you know, if it's all covered by insurance and it's you don't want to wear the same thing more than once. Right. Well, it's a great way to start all over with a new wardrobe. Start all over, yeah. I mean, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the person leaves the phone. I mean, I don't know if you – like you – I should, saw the whole like thing, the, yeah. The it's, phone. Why would they be nice enough to leave her the phone? And she says, please leave my phone. I mean, I don't know, like – I would want my phone, but when you're, like, at gunpoint, I wouldn't think about my phone. It is a little bit odd that they had her at gunpoint, and then she asks for her phone. It's a little – that part's strange You would think that they – that you wouldn't be asking – making requests. I would be like, you – yes. I would say yes, yes, and yes. And I am a little surprised that more people that do follow that whole scenario didn't 
question a little more stuff. But anyways, we don't need to get into it. All right, let's talk a little bit more about your podcast. And I'm just curious for people starting a podcast because I've started my own, obviously, and I know how hard it is to. But how did you figure out how to start your podcast? And for people looking to start their own, like literally the logistics, like how did you come up with starting your own podcast and get into it? Well, I also do consulting on the side of people. You know, all this help I've given you for starting your podcast, mm-hmm. I've I've comped you my, my my hourly rate, Rachel. I know, I'm so lucky. But and I how do could it, people do it with you? Yeah, I mean, it, really, I do that. I don't even think you knew that. But I look. I mean, I just figured out like one thing after another after another. When I started, I really had no. I mean, I know how to record a show. I knew what I was going to do and talk about, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know you had to upload it to like a third-party site, and then that's how it gets out on Apple. So I figured that out. Then I didn't know anything else. I was like, one day I was like, I need to teach myself how to edit this because I would send it out to be edited, and I was like, it's either taking too long. or So it's like step by step, I just started taking things back in-house. Mm-hmm. How do people go about it? I mean, look, if you – I tell people, like, if you want to have a podcast, you should always remember, like, you know – well, I always say to someone, like, what's the goal? Like, if your goal is to have your hour with your mom on a Friday night and you guys have your wine and you're having a good time and and you're doing that, then why are are you hiring me? Then what's the problem? You're doing it. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to, like, make money, it's a whole different situation. Right. Because – it's not about you. It's about what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that have a podcast get too self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. And it's not – I mean, now I'm more self-indulgent on my show than I was in the beginning because it's four years later and people are tuning in for me. So it's actually they want me to be self-indulgent and talk a little bit about myself. But at first, it's really like what does the audience want? It's all about the numbers. Right. Like I can tell you – and mostly what guest is like the big guest. Like I can say this is a great guest. No one's going to listen to this, but okay, <laughs> I owe this publicist a favor. The person's on brand. Or I could say I love this TV show. So I'm interviewing this person. I don't care if anyone listens. But I could pretty much predict if a show is going to be like a huge show, a medium show, or a small show. Who were your favorite guests that you've had on in the past? I feel like it's always – changing but like there were certain big moments where it was like i can't like for me it was like a couple of people like susan lucci i mean Mm. there's no soap actress that's more famous in daytime tv than susan lucci Mm -hmm. period so it was just one of these of like she wasn't promoting anything it was like a friend of a friend and i was like she didn't want to be on video because she had to do hair and makeup but we i'm like okay they're like she's gonna decide the day of and i'm like please let her be on video she was on video i mean susan lucci that's like a big deal yeah so now it's like, okay, I've had her and other people like her. So it's like it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Did she, she talk about anything good? It just like she was just Susan Lucci. She was amazing. <laughs> she was like amazing. So like her – I mean then there were just other ones like Jenny Garth. Like I'm a huge 90210 fan. Mm-hmm. Like for me that was big. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm trying to think like – Nancy Grace. Oh, I love her. She's my favorite. Which is like, she's, that's a big deal. Like Nancy Grace is like a big name. So it's just like certain things where it's like, you know, I've had all the housewives, but certain things where you're just like, this is a big deal. Like this person doesn't need to do my podcast. I had Snooki. Like Snooki's not an easy person to book. Right. Now you uh, had Anne Heche, her very last uh, interview that was ever done before she died. Tell me about that. Loved her. Loved her. And a very misunderstood woman at that. Completely misunderstood. She said yes because she had a podcast to promote. So like, you know, like it's – and you learn like that's how the interview has to work. We have to plug what you want to plug. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm sorry. We have to talk – I can't not mention the word Ellen DeGeneres. Like I'm sorry. Like just, you know, (laughs) certain people are tied to other people for the rest of their lives, Rachel, as you know, whether you want to be or not. Right. It wasn't the whole interview. She – so we talked about Ellen. You know what it is? The interview went viral, but it would have gone viral for different reasons if she didn't die. Like. She said stuff about Ellen. Like I said to her, the question I thought would be viral 
because this is where being a lawyer helps me do my job because I know how to back you into a corner. And whatever you answer to this question, it's going to be a headline. Like my big question for her was like, you know, you were one of the first people that was canceled. You were canceled before cancel culture. I mean, she was canceled. Right, because of her situation with Ellen. Yeah. yeah. And people wouldn't work with her in Hollywood. Because they thought she was crazy or on drugs or something. Yeah. And like, I guess. And also because of her sexuality. It was so misunderstood. Like she was canceled. So my question was like, now Ellen technically is canceled. I mean, she's not. Ellen has a gazillion dollars. Yeah. And, you know, the queen, the queen of mean and her show went away. So I'm like, you know, do you take, like, is there some satisfaction that, like, mm. you, this woman got you canceled or the situation and now she's canceled? And she was like, uh, no, like, that's not, like, I wish her the best. And, you know, I'm not that person. So, I mean, that would have been a headline that it could be a positive headline. Yeah. But... Because she passed away, what went viral around the entire world is I asked her, I mean, I just didn't know if I had the foreshadowing of anything happened. But I said, like, if they were going to make a movie on your life, who would you want to play you? Which is – and she was like, I, you don't even need to finish the sentence. And if she said, like, some actress that nobody knows about, it wouldn't have been a thing. But she's like, I can tell you exactly right now, Miley Cyrus, and here's why. As soon as she said Miley Cyrus, I'm like, this is fucking huge. It's just a huge thing. And she had reasons. And so I could see it. I could see Miley Cyrus playing her. Right. So because she passed away, that was a headline. Oh, like, if wow. she said some actress from TV, it still would But Miley Cyrus is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And so that went viral because she gave reasons. Oh. Yeah. And I was like – and she's like, in second, Kristen Bell, I think she wanted. But it was really Miley. And then, like, they reached out to Miley. This is when you wow. hit the pager when, like, the person responds. So then Miley resp- – and it's like – Miley responded. Yeah, like not oh, wow. to me, no, but they but to asked the her. Yes, and so then that became a headline. And what did Miley say? Just like she's honored and this. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, so it became a whole thing for like weeks. And it still like comes up. Like, and just, I mean, a lot of my interviews do, but like that's when it's like good press. When you're like, it's like six months later and you're minding your own business and you're, yeah, of course I have myself on Google Alerts, honey. <laughs> and like your Google Alerts are going off and you're like, well, what happened? It was like when something happens, like her son, this and that, mm-hmm. like when something happens with her now, I'm in the Google Alerts. Right. It says in earlier, you know, last year or this year, she said this one would play her. It's right. like a thing. What a sad she, story. I absolutely her. loved her. And I don't – first of all, not all my interviews are good. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of interviews where I'll interview someone and I'll be like, that just wasn't good. The show still goes out. You've wasted an hour of my time. But it just – certain people – it's rare, but certain people you just – Don't click with. You don't they're, – they're not getting you. They're not getting <laughs> you. It's rare. But then other days you're like – Man, I just – I wasn't in the mood. Like, I, I was off today. So sometimes it's you. Was there a guest that when you met them, you were like, this person is not who I thought they were, and you just didn't like them? They're, that you I'm, can name? I'm, I'm trying – I mean, I'll name. I'm trying to think. There, Yeah, there are definitely people where you just think – and I wish I could think of an example – where you think like – Wow, I'm so excited. This mm. person's so and it was a friendly and fun and yes. And then there are other people where you're like, I'm not, I, mean, I don't get scared, but you're like, oh my god, like I got to tread lightly. Like this person's mm. gonna be a bitch mm-hmm. or like difficult. And they just come on and they're like, wait a second, I can't, I can't find the, with the picture. And hi, darling. And you're just like right from the beginning before you even start. You're like, oh, this is gonna be good, right? So it's like. Yeah, I've had them both ways where you're like like on edge, like like a Nancy Grace. She was great, but like someone like that where you're like, I'm a little intimidated. Like it's Nancy on air, Grace. she is so intimidating. I mean, she is all about aggression on her show. And she'll call me out if I say something. Yeah. And she called me out at times, but mm-hmm. in like a I said one of my questions, which in retrospect I understood, like I was like, this is almost an offensive question, David. Like, <laughs> but it wasn't. It's just like I asked her, like, you know, I said, like, you know, I'm from New York and like, you know, we're outspoken, like New Yorkers, but you know, where does like a, a nice woman from the South like how did how did this personality develop? Like mm-hmm. you're and she's like, now, you know, like we're getting along and you know, if I didn't have a great twenty minutes with you, you know, and this and that, I would almost think this was an insulting question she said something like that very nice and i was like you know what this is actually an insulting stereotypical question Mm. you're right it's not appropriate 
Hmm. So I called myself out. That's but someone like that. But it was just other types of people where, yeah, I wish like I wish I could find an ex- think of an example where I was like so excited for someone. I was like, this is going to be great, and they were just like a little off. Right. They weren't feeling my shit. My last question for you would be: In all the times you've done these interviews and working with reality TV, who do you think is the most misunderstood person in reality TV that just keeps getting a bad rap? in the shows that they're on or, um, you know, and how they're represented or representing themselves that when you've interviewed them or when you know them or maybe from not even knowing them, but just your feeling on who's the most misunderstood person in reality TV right now. I think like two people stand to the top of my mind. I interviewed Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules, Mm. you know, like – she had, he was a cheater in the past. Now he's married. Like he, to me, was – oh, and I have three examples. He, to me, was so – he he know he understands the game. Mm. He was so smart and understands how it works all. Like, I mean, he's not on Vanderpump anymore, but he got, like, how the business worked. I love that. Like, I love, like, breaking the fourth wall. When I interview, let's not pretend the show's real. Let's just talk about – so, like, he just got it mm. and understood, like, how to come back, I mean, what he's trying to do. And then, now like, he's having his own podcast that he's launching this week. I, I think, think it's going to be great. Yeah. I think So he was phenomenal. And I was like, I thought, you know, he'd be okay, mm-hmm. but he just really understood. This one's doing this. and I, Wow. And same thing with Brandy Glanville, who has all this drama now. And, you know, she, you know, like this thing might have happened with Carolyn Manzo. She just wasn't, like, I thought she'd be a ditz. And just she really got it and was really real and authentic and smart yeah, I was like, I was like, it's almost like with Brandy, especially, I was like, she's in on the act. Like, look, if you know why you're being asked back to certain shows, like, you do become a caricature of yourself, right? right. So you know what the world, like, people expect her to be the drunk in the room mm. and outspoken. So she kind of, I, it was like a different person almost. I really. So she's in on the joke, so to speak. Uh, that's what I thought. I thought she was so smart. And then I've never interviewed him. But I would love to. I think Spencer Pratt is yeah. really. Because he I get is, that feeling too, yeah. And he is like, he has ideas and he's a producer. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, none of this is necessarily taking off. But he understands the business. Yeah. And he's really transparent and, and says what's going on. He came and out. And he's been in there. He's been in the business for a long time. He's been in the business for like he would be a great producer of a show. He doesn't even have to be on it. But he came out too and tweeted and said, Raquel, talk about scandal. He's like, girl, whatever you do, don't fucking quit the show. Yeah. Like he gets it. And rumors because, I mean, I interviewed people from The Hills New Beginnings, which came back. Spencer was the one who was like – we this isn't working i mean i love the hills new beginnings when it just came back like whatever yeah but it wasn't highly rated and spencer was really just trying to get everyone just like it didn't work because they were older and they didn't want to stick their hand in the fire anymore. right and he's like we have to like this is yes like this is a gift we could be on tv for the next 10 years guys Absolutely. just do what you got to do there's money to be made here and he behind the scenes was trying to make all of that happen, not in a fake way, but just in a like. Yeah, you guys have to be on board. It. Yeah, exactly. So he really understands how it works. Right. And and just really quickly, what are your thoughts and predictions for um, Housewives of New York? The new, I mean, new season. I mean, I am cautiously optimistic, but I'm not jumping up and down. I think like. I mean, is anyone really waiting for that? Is anyone really excited? I think they have to make New York a housewife. Like, you have to show – like, we're in this great city here. It has to be New York. Like, mm-hmm. you have to show benefits and what New York is all about. I think if it's just a bunch of new women mm-hmm. having the same drama that's been on all these other franchises forever, I don't think it's going to work. I think people are just going to be like on board. Right. So I think it's like New York, like you can't do that in Salt Lake or maybe Orange County, no offense, but we have New York City here. So mm-hmm. like if you think of like Sex in the City and Gossip Girl and like New York was a huge element in these scripted shows, I think you need to really focus on New York and make that part of the show. 
Great. All right. Well, good feedback. All right. Well, can't wait to see what happens there. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back. And I appreciate everything you said. And remember, you were on the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. So everyone can listen on Apple and Spotify or follow Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. And we had the great Rachel Yucatel on our show recently. So everyone could listen to that episode too. That's right. Thank you so much. And we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.